Welcome to another edition of the SC Times Sports Report Podcast. My name is Zach Dwyer, and joining me as he does every week is my co-host, Brian Mosey. Brian, how are we doing on this Wednesday morning? Doing good. A little chilly, but that's just Minnesota, I think. Um, but yeah, no, definitely a fun fun week of games. I know we we were at plenty of games these last couple of weeks, or this last week, um, with games on Thursday night, Friday night, a little bit on Saturday too, and then just last night because we're recording this on a Wednesday, but yeah, a lot of hockey, a lot of hockey this week, but that's okay. I like hockey. So a lot of hockey. And I think you might've been colder in the rink than it was outside where you were <laughs> last night. You braved the journey um, out to Richmond to see river lakes um, kind of dominate in that game against Litchfield. And then I was over at the Mac to see Sartell Sock Rapids and the St. Cloud icebreakers play. So we're going to talk a lot about girls hockey to start the show since we've got to see all three teams the same night. Um, sometimes it works out that way. It usually doesn't, but we got lucky with that. So we'll talk about that. Um, we'll talk a bit about boys hockey, boys basketball too. We got to see Sartell for the first time last Friday. Um, have a big result, but then kind of a setback, it sounds like last night. So um, we'll discuss that and kind of that upset win for Tech um, and then get to a couple other sports um, where there's been some big individual performances over the last week, but Brian, I think we should start um, with your game out in Richmond uh, river lakes. Like we said, six to one over Litchfield, Dassel, Kikato, um, especially river lakes coming off. Also, a, I would say shocking four to one. What'd you see out of them last night? Yeah. I think the main goal was to make sure Dave's camera didn't freeze um, during <laughs> the game. That was good. It, we worked it out well, so that was good. Um, but no, Definitely a really good game for um, River Lakes. They were coming off a tie against the Storm and Sabres, two to two, and then a four to one loss against uh, Fergus Falls. And talking to head coach um, Alexis Klott and um, Kiana Roski, who's one of their more top performers on, on the team, they were both kind of saying that it wasn't their best games. Um, even though they tied against the Storm and Sabres, and technically it's not a loss, they still said that it wasn't their best games. Um, they switched up the lines a little bit before they kind of had a lot more experience on one line and then kind of, you know, had all the younger players kind of play with each other. Um, this time they kind of switched it up and did a little bit of like veteran and younger experience on each line, made their lines a lot more dominant um, just from one to three. Um, so basically anytime that they were on the ice, you knew that someone was capable of getting a goal um, and it definitely worked. Uh, they had, um, they, they kind of went rolling right away. And after, um, after the first goal, it was just kind of contagious. They just kept shooting and kept connecting on, on goals. And so um, definitely kind of a, a fun game for sure. Um, Kiana Roski had two goals. She's been kind of their top performer with goal scoring. Um, I think she's at nine now um, for the season. Um, Paige Blattner also had two goals, which was um, good to see her be able to put a couple in the back of the net. Um, and then just overall, just a lot of assists, a lot. Um, I know Brooke Lemke, she got the first goal, um, and that kind of trickled into the rest of them being able to kind of just, you know, anything you can do, I can do better type of thing. Um, Kiana Roski had a beautiful goal, um, being able to take it from the Litchfield defender or player, and then basically go right up the ice and take a beautiful shot between the goalie's legs. I don't even think the goalie even saw the, the puck coming because it was just so nice. Um, she's committed to Mankato, so she's definitely showing off some of her skills, which is which is cool to see. 
Um, but yeah, no, overall, just a really good, really good game. I think the nice part about it also with River Lakes is they have two goalies that are capable of doing what they need to do. So um, last night we saw Haley Kramer play. Um, she's a senior goalie. And then Cadence Roski, she also plays and she's an eighth grader. Um, and both of them can, can get the job done. So it's actually kind of nice for um, River Lakes because they get fresh, fresh legs when it comes to the goalie position. And they're never really that tired. So, um, yeah, so overall, a very good night for them. I, I definitely think this was a nice win to kind of bounce back into the win column. Um, they have a couple really tough games coming up. They got Wilmer next week, which um, from what everybody's been kind of talking about is should be the section finals matchup again. I know they played last year and Wilmer got the better hand of that. Um, I know they're coming out for some for some revenge and hopefully being able to set the tone right away against Wilmer. Um, so should be kind of fun to see how these next couple of weeks go with, with the girls hockey. But I know for you, you had some, some good performance last night as well. Um, always kind of a fun rivalry between those two teams. Yeah, it was, it was fun to see them for the first time. I know you um, saw the icebreakers the previous week have, have a good game. So I'm sure you, you'll talk about that a little bit too, but in this game, it was um, Sartell Sock Rapids. who I think it's kind of surprised both of us. Um, you know, they lost, a lot of seniors from last year's team. Um, we weren't really 100% sure, you know, what, what they were going to look like this year. And um, they had their first two games postponed. So it took a little bit longer for them to get their season started. But since they have, they've been kind of on fire. They're 4-1-1 now. They got the 3-1 to win over the Icebreakers last night. Um, Rachel Whelan, she had two goals um, in this game and also an assist. Um, she started it off with a, a breakaway goal only three minutes into the game to um, – I'd say really kind of set the pace, especially the icebreakers. They outshot um, the Storm and Sabres 20 to 13 in the first two periods. So I'd say they had the main good opportunities, a lot of goal scoring chances, but um, Morgan Dorn, who's a freshman goalie, she stood big in goal for them. Um, made some pretty incredible saves too, to, to keep the game close. Um, Ava Schmidt for the icebreakers was able to get a goal kind of midway through that second period, tied it up, but then, um, I'd say the Storm and Sabres, they just kind of looked more composed. They took advantage of the, the more limited opportunities they had. Um, they scored both their last two goals on the power play. They were two of three on the power play. So um, I would say nothing like just insanely, you know, incredibly flashy by them, you know, but they just looked really, like I said, composed. They looked like um, they just kind of stayed in, stayed in their lane, waited for their opportunities, um, and they struck when they had a chance. And um, I was really impressed with what I saw out of them. Definitely. And I, I'm sure it was kind of a nice win for the Storm and Sabres, especially coming off of a nine to five loss against Wilmer. Um, obviously nine goals is a lot, but also Wilmer is a really good team too. Um, so um, I know they, they were kind of looking at that matchup just to see what, what it would be like. Um, obviously they get another shot at Wilmer before the section tournament starts up. So um, be kind of interesting to see, you know, what happens that second time go around. Um, they'll be at Wilmer this next time that they play, but, um, yeah, I think for sure a nice, a nice spark to the, to the win column, um, as they kind of get rolling here. Um, I know they play Buffalo on Saturday. Um, I'll be at that game, but, um, yeah, so no, it'll be, it'd be kind of nice to see what, what happens there. And then, yeah, for St. Cloud, I was over at their game last Thursday, um, kind of some last minute, uh, adjustments to my schedule as, uh, we found out certain certain sports were getting canceled or things like that. So um, I went over to the Mac to go watch them play against Fergus Falls. They got the five to one win. 
Um, and I think at that time it was a lot of, there's a lot of goal scoring by the St. Cloud team. And I, I know you didn't get to see a lot of it last night, but um, I know for, for me, they had three games where they lost. Um, they lost the first three games of the season and then they came back and won the next three of the four. Um, and they've scored 18 goals within those um, four games, which is kind of just shows you what they're capable of doing. Obviously probably a little bit of an off night last night. Um, but for them, they just have so many people that, you know, I think they said out of the 18 goals, two of them didn't get have any assists. So that just shows you how much connect connection there is between the, between the team or the players, especially that first line with uh, Ava Schmidt, Tori Anderson and Kate bill, Kate bill. Um, they, all three of them are phenomenal athletes. They're really good. They're young. They, I know, um, cat is probably the, the oldest with being a junior. Ava's a sophomore and Tori's only an eighth grader, um, which is kind of wild to say because she's already very advanced for, for her, uh, for her grade. But I wrote a feature on them this past weekend, um, on just what it's like for that line and how that line is being built, because honestly, they'll probably play with each other next, next year as well. Um, since they aren't graduating at all. So be kind of interesting to see how things go in that sense. Um, but yeah, definitely a fun one. And if you have a time, if you have a second, I would definitely, um, suggest going and looking at the story. Um, it's a subscribe only story, so you can check it on sctimes.com, get a subscription and, and give it a read. Um, a lot of fun to write though. Yeah, so what you're saying is you cursed the team entirely. <laughs> one goal last night and the only one was unassisted. So <laughs> I'm, I'm going to blame you on that one. <laughs> uh, sorry, not over to Storm and Sabres if I yeah. come over on Saturday. I didn't mean to. So Yeah, just make sure not to write anything if you go watch it. <laughs> no, I was going to say the same thing just about, um, you know, that youth that, you know, of their starting lineup. No one's a senior. Um, like you said, four juniors in that starting lineup, a sophomore and an eighth grader. Um, and they looked really experienced. I mean, even especially in that, I would say kind of opening stretch of that second period, there was, I felt like four or five, six times that um, either, um, you know, Catherine Bell or Ava Schmidt, one of them, even Peyton Mathiason out of the defense, literally just skated basically through three, four people, took it the length of the ice um, and just either got it poked out right before they were going to take a shot or, you know, got a good stop by Morgan Dorn in goal. Um, but they had tons of chances. And like you said, yeah, they were just constantly going up and down the ice there um, for a long time and kind of showing that skating speed and ability. So, yeah, I think, you know, it's they're only, I believe, three and five on the year now, one and five in conference. But um, like you said, we've seen they can show flashes of being able to kind of compete or beat um, almost any team in the conference. So that'll be fun to see. And also, Sartell Soccer Rapids can kind of keep this up. Like you said, nine to five. That was a crazy scoreline um, last week um, against Wilmer. But as we talked about, Wilmer's been dominant. And since River Lakes tied them up, I think that will make it even more interesting to see because kind of those teams, um, I believe, along with uh, Alexandria, are kind of, I'd say, the top four that we can expect to kind of battle for that conference title. Um, so it'll be fun to see how that shakes out. Now that we're, we're probably almost halfway through the year now, it doesn't seem like it, but we're getting pretty close. Definitely. Yeah. I, I know for girls and boys hockey, I think sections tournaments start up like the 13th or something for, um, of March. And so, um, yeah, I mean, now you kind of look at the calendar and you're like, all right, we're a month away and 
we've already had a month of games. So yeah, kind of at that mid season. And um, yeah, I'm, I, the one thing that I'm kind of interested in is um, you know, like you said, with soccer or um, Sartell soccer rapids, as well as St. Cloud, they're kind of those teams where, you know, we weren't, we didn't really know what the storm and Sabres were going to be able to do. And obviously the first couple of weeks we weren't, we didn't get to see anything cause they were, they were gone or they, they had a couple of games that they missed. Um, and so I think the main part from us is, you know, how much can they keep this rolling? And so far they've been looking amazing. They've been looking phenomenal. Um, so I'm excited to see them play because then I'll be able to see all, all three girls hockey teams play um, within probably about a week. Um, so a lot of girls hockey this week. <laughs> um, but yeah, I know they're playing Buffalo on Saturday, which obviously um, probably more than just a hockey game this, um, this Saturday with everything that happened yesterday in Buffalo. Um, if you haven't read anything, you can check out the SC times um, regarding that, but um, a horrible mass shooting that happened over at Alina health health clinic out in Buffalo. Um, I know for, for us, we're definitely sending our thoughts and prayers over to the Buffalo community as um, they, as they learn more about what happened and hopefully, you know, I know they had one death, but hopefully no more um, as we kind of figure out what, what happened over, over there. But, um, but yeah, definitely Saturday is going to be, I think more than just a hockey game. It's going to be kind of bringing a, a couple different communities together and um, playing what they love, which is hockey. So, um, but yeah, no, I think it'll be a lot of fun just to see. And then obviously river lakes, everybody's been talking about river lakes since this season started. I mean, they're ranked seventh in the let's go, let's play hockey um, rankings. They're I think eighth in another ranking that we usually use as well. So definitely. And I know Wilmer's probably in the top 10 too for, for both of those rankings. So um I'm really excited. Um, if I could, I would go out to Wilmer next week and go cover them because I'm really excited for that matchup. But um, I think I will be done with girls hockey after this week for a little bit, kind of pump the brakes a little bit as we get into a different uh, sport for a little bit. Absolutely. And yeah, on the, on the boys side, we, you know, St. Cloud, they've been pretty, they've been kind of all over the place. It seems like they're one of the few teams still playing. I think a couple of our teams either on pause or they've had some games postponed. Um, but they were able to get the win last night, um, five to two over Alexandria. Andrew coming with three goals, August Floon with three assists, um, and Max Rudd with two assists to get that five to two win. But just previously, they lost three to one um, to Moorhead on Saturday. And last week, they had a pretty big lead on Fergus Falls before they came back and lost five to four in overtime. So it's kind of, I feel like it's been, this has been one of the hardest teams to, to get a read on what they look like so far this year. Yeah, apparently playing on the Olympic ice is pretty good for them because um, last night apparently the scheduling didn't go <laughs> as planned um, because Cathedral Boys Hockey, St. Cloud Boys Hockey, and St. Cloud Girls Hockey all play at the MAC and they all played at home last night. So I know Cathedral was on the actual ice that they usually play on. I know the St. Cloud St. Cloud Girls were on the ice at the MAC, but the smaller ice or the smaller rink. Um, and then the boys went to St. Cloud state university, um, to play on the Olympic ice over there. So, um, I think for them, it was from what I could hear, um, from head coach, um, Pete Manatich, um, they both, he said that they just did a really good job passing last night. And that's what helped with keeping the tempo, keeping the pace, um, and keeping the momentum on their side. 
I know Alexandria got a goal early on, but then after that, it just kind of was, I, I, they, they were effective in the power play. We're able to get a couple quick scores um, and then take that lead and kind of never look back in a sense. Yeah. And the only other team it seems like playing right now for boys hockey is Cathedral. <laughs> um, Sartell, River Lakes and Soccer Rapids have all had games postponed or canceled over um, the last couple of weeks. So um, they were, they've also been, um, you know, depending on the opponent, have been kind of up and down too. They won seven to one last Friday. Um, Nolan Whitman had five assists. Jacob Hirschfield had two goals and assist in that one um, for a pretty dominant win. But then um, just last night they lost six to one to Little Falls. Um, Colin Hiltner and Braden Ball fans. Um, Colin with the goal and Braden with the assist. Um, and Grant Martin had forty two saves on forty eight shots. Um, I think Little Falls had three goals. It looked like just in the first couple minutes. Um, from looking at the box score and I know they've been really good so far this year to start the year Um, but for Cathedral it's just I mean it's a very different team than we've seen before it seems like they're kind of finding their legs still against this these really good teams they're going to have to beat in sections Um, and then they're just beating up upon the teams that are a little lower than them yeah and I think for because they started off the season against Monticello and Monticello was ranked at that time and they got a really nice win against Monticello so kind of look at the beginning of the season, you're like, all right, they're on a roll. Like we're going. And then they, you know, like you said, play a couple more, you know, I wouldn't say not ranked teams. We'll say that um, and are able to kind of beat up on them. And then they play Hermantown and lose 10 to one. Then they go and play another unranked team and um, they beat up on them. And then they play little falls who I think is ranked sixth now. Um, And so it's just kind of, you know, trying to beat those ranked teams because ultimately you're going to have to beat those teams. If you want to make it to state, if you want to win state. Um, And I know that's their goal ultimately every year, regardless if they, you know, have new players or whatever. Um, So yeah, it'll be kind of interesting to see how they do these next, this next month as they get ready for sections. Um, I know there's a lot of changes and a lot of new faces on the team that um, Derek Brown just kind of has to, get adjusted to and, and learn more about their games and stuff because for the last, I don't know, three, four years, it's been Jack Smith, Nate Warner and Blake Perpex. So um, this year is just a whole different lineup. That's brand new. So uh, be kind of interesting. And then on another note, we're, I think we're, we're kind of counting how many assists Max Rudd is going to have this year. Um, he's currently at 12 now. So, um, so maybe, maybe he'll hit that, you know, 30 mark by section time, which is unheard of, especially this season because they had a shortened season. Um, so yeah, definitely Max is doing his job. Tell you that much. That's for sure. Yeah. And for cathedral, the, the schedule, as we always talk about, doesn't get any easier. Breck who's ranked is who they're at um, on Thursday. Um, they're also at out. They, they host Alexandria on the 20th. Um, and that begins what looks like a six game homestand for them. Um, where they'll get to play St. Cloud March 4th. I think that'll be really fun to see. Hopefully we can be at that game. Um, See two teams that have been kind of up and down, depending on the week, actually get on the same ice should be fun. They haven't really played any local teams the entire year yet, so that'll be good. And then after that, it's War Road and Gentry Academy, who are both, I think, in the top three, top four of the rankings. Um, So at least they get all those teams at home. They're going to be back in the area a lot in the coming weeks. Um, so we'll have that advantage, but yeah, like you said, it's going to be just trying to figure out how do you beat those ranked teams? That's four or five more ranked teams. They're going to get before sections. Um, that's not going to hurt you by any means. It's only going to 
get you more ready for those big games. Um, but we'll see if they can come up with any better results in those ones. Definitely. Well, great. Well, that should wrap up um, our hockey talk to start the podcast today. We're going to take a quick break here. When we get back, we'll talk some boys and girls basketball. And welcome back to the SC Times Sports Report podcast. Um, if you want to read more about um, the games we've been at and some of the features we're going to talk about too, make sure to subscribe to sctimes.com um, to make sure you get a look at those stories because there's been a lot. Like Brian said, he had one on the icebreakers last week. Um, he also wrote a little bit about Sarto basketball, who we got to see on Friday night. Um, they looked really good on Friday night, um, 63-41 to 41 win um, over Ricori. Um, they just kind of came out right from the start. They just looked like the better team. They just kind of kept pushing, pushing the tempo, hitting their shots. And I would say their three-point ability was what really propelled them in that game. Um, Gus Gunderson had 16 points. I believe he hit four threes in that one. And then Mason Lund had 22 points um, and just was kind of getting any shot he wanted, especially in that first half. Um, kind of turnaround jumpers um, on the baseline, attacking the rim, finishing up and under on people. Um, and just rising up over defenders and hitting shots. Um, it, he kind of had his full arsenal going in that first half. And once, you know, I think he scored maybe the first six, eight of the first, you know, 10, 12 points for them. And then when Gus started hitting his threes, it was kind of over in that game. <laughs> yeah, definitely. No, I mean, I think the only thing that Mason didn't have that night was his three-point shot, which um, talking to um, Marcus Alstead um, afterwards, he, he kind of said, you know, when Mason has that, even if he doesn't have that, he's still a very good player. But when he has that three-point shot, it's just insane how he can, you know, just transform a game in a sense. So, um, and I know with Mason, he had 10 rebounds too. So he got that double-double, which was which was good to see for him. But I think you and I were kind of talking about, you know, honestly, he got those first, like you said, six or eight points. And then after that, it was just kind of, you know, he kind of disappeared for a little while and then he kind of came back later and then he disappeared and then he came back. Um, but if he really wanted to, I mean, he probably could have put up 30, 35 points if he really wanted to, because he was just like you said, he, I mean, he had a couple floaters. He had a couple baseline jumpers. He was using that baseline really hard at the beginning of the game um, and was just kind of it just with his size. I mean, he can guard anybody and then, really nobody can really guard him because he's big. So, you know, guards can't really guard him without much. And then he's quick. So if he's with a, you know, a bigger guy as a defender, he can get around the guy pretty quickly. So um, it's just kind of, it's just kind of a unique style to him. Um, Cause he's really, honestly, there's really no guy that can match up to him pretty perfectly. Yeah. Especially not, um, Especially a team like Ricori that only has, I mean, their tallest player is 6'2", 6'3". Yeah. Uh, you know, and they're mostly mostly football players first, basketball players second. And especially with Mason, as you know, the thing is a lot of the points he got too was, you know, people biting on pump fakes he took because he's such a good shooter that, you know, um, some of those shorter guys got to try to def- contest the shots. Well, you do that, you leave your feet for a second, he's going to get around you and finish at the rim. Definitely. Uh, 
But yeah, I, th- I think the one thing, like you said, I mean, he could have had 30, 35 points possibly if he kept firing up shots, um, or even if he just hit a couple of his threes. But the thing I kind of take away is that he doesn't ever really force the issue too much. Um, yeah. He kind of lets the offense come to him, um, you know, looks for a shot when it's there, but otherwise is fine kind of rotating the ball, helping others look for better shots, which um, is super effective, especially someone like him about, you know, six, six or so, um, especially in the CLC, there's not many. There's hardly any, you know, there's one or two guys on Alexandria that are kind of that same size, you know, six, five or so. Yeah. And have those same abilities. Other than that, there's, there's not a ton there that height that um, can play guard and do some of the things that he's been doing. So yeah, he's been, he was really impressive that night too. Gus also getting to the rim a couple of times, you know, finishing with assists. He had, you know, a no look assist that um, when I was taking video of that, he got, you know, about from half court, he looked one way, got it on a, basically on a rope, to someone for a layup late in the second half when they were kind of putting the game out of reach. I mean, both of those guys together just continue to, to lead them. They have a lot of nice other pieces too, like, you know, Blake Hardwig, Logan Clark, who had some, some good performances there, second half, first half. Um, yeah. I mean, they're, they're very well-rounded, um, which, which made the loss to tech, I would say last night, even more surprising when we saw that box score. Um, I think both of us didn't really believe it at first. No, no, I think, I mean, yeah, after after seeing that type of team performance on on set on Friday, kind of go into Tech and Tech hasn't won a game this season, so you know obviously, you know a six six one and one or a six and one team like Sartell, and then you know against a winless Tech team, obviously you think Sartell will get the win and no big deal. Um, but apparently, from the sounds of it, it sounds like their three point game was just really sharp um, last night for Tech. And, you know, four guys in double digits last night just kind of shows you what what they're capable of doing. And I know they did that against, um, I believe it was Brainerd on Friday. Um, Yeah, they they lost by 14 to Brainerd on Friday, but they had five guys in double digits, um, which I think is starting to become the norm for tech is, you know, if we give it off to a bunch of different people, you know, then people can't just guard one guy. But um, Caden Moya, he had 22 points on, on the night on last night, Devin Yeager had two 20 points. Um, Garrison Murray had 12 and KT Norwood had 11. So, um, just kind of shows you what they're capable of doing. And it's kind of becoming a normal thing now after a couple of games of this. Um, so, you know, who knows what tech can do? Um, it's just kind of making sure to get your feet wet, but, um, yeah, definitely a, a shocking score to say the least, because I think the only loss that I saw Sartell getting was, you know, possibly against Alexandria um, because those two are kind of the top teams and Alexandria got the win last time that they faced off. But now it's kind of like, hmm, interesting. <laughs> well, exactly. And I mean, that's, it just kind of shows that tech, they've been losing a lot of those games, you know, not by a ton or just they, they couldn't come up with, with scoring down the stretch. And when they do put it together like that, I mean, they had, you know, what, 78 in this game, um, you know, the game we saw, they were in the forties and in that one, Caden, he got hurt right away. Um, so he couldn't really go in that game. Devin just could not buy a basket that night. Um, everything seemed to rim out. I mean, I don't think either were in double figures. So um, then when you get 42 out of both of them combined in a game, that kind of changes the dynamic a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I think it just shows, you know, it was, it was their head coach. It was his first win Christian. Um, you know, he got his first varsity win. So that's cool to see. Um, and just, I mean, yeah, it, it shows that they do have 
that talent, they're probably they were better than a winless team. They just hadn't put it all together. Um, but if they can start putting it all together, if they can upset a team like Sartell that we thought, you know, top two, three team in the conference, I mean, who's to say they, they can't do it a couple more times. Um, so I think it's really exciting for Tech to see they could um, pull it all together like that, you know, kind of around the midway point of the season. Still a lot of games to play. Um, for Sartell, I'm sure it's a wake-up call. I'm planning on seeing them tomorrow night on Thursday um, against Apollo, and I have a feeling they're going to be ready for that game. I just have a feeling. <laughs> I I think so too. I, I think uh, there's going to be a little bit of some uh, anger and steam that needs to get uh, presented. So yeah, I think and and Apollo had a really good game against Ricori on on Monday. I mean, um, being able to get the 74 to 66 win against Ricori. Um, uh, Gresham had 28 points and Thomas Dew had 21 points. Um, a nice duo there between the two of them. I think Jason Alsman kind of waiting for that to happen. Um, and I know when we, when we went and saw them play tech, um, I know Gresham was on the, on the bench for a little while. And, um, Thomas do followed out like four or five minutes before the game ended. Um, so you really haven't been able to see that duo together a whole lot, but on Monday night, definitely was able to see that. And, um, yeah, I think, and, and on the other side where Corey had a couple Good, good performances. Luke Humbert had 18 points. Um, Jaden Philippi had 14 points and then Tucker Hokinson had 12 points. So a nice, a nice trio between those three. Um, but yeah, I think it, I, I always look forward to Sartell um, Apollo games because they're physical um, and obviously you get that, you know, that I, I guess in a sense, just, aggression or um or just confidence between both teams both of them think that they're really good both of them think that they can beat the other team and it shows on the court um and so I think it'll be fun to kind of see because you kind of have that um Thomas do where you know he's that paint guy and you're gonna have to put up I don't know Logan Clark against him or you know even Mason um but Thomas do is definitely a, a threat um in the paint for for those for that type of team and um, yeah, I think it'll be fun to just see what that what that what that uh, matchup looks like on t- Thursday night. Yeah, Gus versus Kamara, the point guard, too. Kind of both uh, creative guys that can hit shots, get to the rim, get their teammates involved. That's going to be a lot of fun, too. So I'm really excited to see that game tomorrow night. Um, a couple other scores just wanted to touch on before we um, get to girls basketball. Um, Soccer Rapids, they won 64 to 61 over St. Francis on Monday night. Ethan Upsell putting up big points again, 26 points, four rebounds. Last week, Albany and Cathedral faced off for the first time. Carter Beer had 23 in that win, 56 to 40, 57 to 46. Um, and then Albany got back on winning again, 63 to 57 over Little Falls. A close game last night. Andrew Hahn back with the team um, after having to be in quarantine for a little bit. He had 19, and Nolan Reuter had 18. So, um, Albany rolling again, pretty good after that conference loss, um, tomorrow who, you know, they're going to get one more time, um, that could decide who wins the conference too. However, it's tiebreaker works if both continue to win out. So, um, big to see them kind of getting back on track and also soccer Rapids, they hadn't, uh, they dropped a couple games too. So good to see them get a W. Um, and on the girls side, Albany continues to be obviously the team to watch number two ranked in their class. Um, and just completely dominated Cathedral last night, 68 to 25. Um, Abby Christian had 24 points, three assists, four rebounds, three steals in that one. And Paige Meyer had 14 points, 10 rebounds, 
eight assists, almost a triple double, just a little bit. I'm assuming if I'm assuming she probably didn't play that whole second half. If she would have, she probably would have got that triple double. They held Cathedral to six points in the second half. Um, not much else. I don't know what else you can say about that. That's crazy. <laughs> no, definitely. I I think, um, yeah, it was it was a. I I saw or I heard. I heard the call come in and it was like Paige Meyer with a double double. And I'm like, okay, you know, like pretty, pretty typical stats for Paige Meyer. And then Abby Christian with uh, 24 points. I was like, all right, really good game by Abby. Um, so, and I think that's the thing is any, any night, they, any of these girls can have a good night. Um, you know, I know Maddie Herkinoff had, had a really good performance uh, last week with 20 points. Um, and so it's just kind of, you know, whoever has the hot hand, basically can, can do whatever they want to do. Um, and so, yeah, definitely, definitely a fun one to, to watch or definitely a fun team to watch. I know I was able to watch them when they played Malacca and um, they just, they know how to pass. They know how to find the person that's open and they have a lot of weapons to, to be able to, to score and um, get down the court. So I know they're going to be up against some, some nice opponents here coming up. Um, they got new London Spicer who's ranked number one in their class um, that's on March 1st, uh, on a Monday and then sock center a week later, they're going to be hitting the road and playing sock center, which is a top five team too. So, um, towards the end of the season, I guess we'll really find out how Albany's doing it, doing. Cause, um, I think those are going to be crucial, crucial games to figure out, you know, how good is the Huskies. So, yeah, especially their eight and right now, cathedral, who they just beat by 40 something is second in conference. That just shows you the gap. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what they're doing this year right now. They had, I know Pierce, who's also five and two along with cathedral and conference. I think they kept it at about 11 point game um, with Albany the first time, but yeah, I mean that, that gap is huge to the rest of the Granite Ridge. That's what they've been doing the last couple of years. It's looked that way. And um, they continue to just roll in conference. No one's been able to touch them. So they've been great. Another turn. Um, that continues to have a good record so far this year is Ricori up to seven and one now, three and one in conference. Um, they just got the win last night over Sock Rapids, 71 to 55. Jada Bierschbach had 21, Avery Berg 18, and Jenna Boos 15. Um, and Kiana Evans led the storm with 17 points. So Ricori, they you know, they had that loss um, to Wilmer, who's the top of the Central Lakes right now. Um, just, you know, it's 41 to 60. Um, their coach Val Fraley said the game was even a lot closer than that. They just kind of let it get away from them down the stretch, but it was a couple possession game for even throughout part of the second half. Um, but they've responded with wins over tech and soccer Rapids too. So they'll be at Brainerd on Fridays, their next game and see if they can continue that pretty impressive run by them. So, and also um, moving from girls basketball to women's basketball, I was out at St. Ben's um, on Saturday, they were hosting Hamlin. They won that game 70 to 56. Um, one of the big reasons I wanted to get out to that game was um, Maddie Schmidt, who's the only senior on the team. I was writing a feature on her. She's a, she's from Albany, um, started for a couple years, and she's just had a monster start to the year. She had 22 points, 12 rebounds in this one, made all 12 free throws. Um, last week, she also had a huge game. She had over 20 points and leaves 18 rebounds, um, set a career high on that one. So um, she's leading the conference in rebounds and also St. Ben's. They started slow. Um, they went into halftime. They kind of started playing their game a lot more in that second half. Um, they only held Hamlin to three points in the fourth quarter, um, which was insane. They just completely blew them out. Um, in that second half of the game, they turned a seven point halftime deficit. 
into a 14 point win. So they're two and zero on the season too. a really young team with Maddie being the only senior. Um, and it was just fun to talk to her just because she's, um, you know, she's been a St. Ben's fan basically her whole life, you know, growing up, went to games, growing up, all of that. Um, and now gets to play for them and be, be that kind of senior captain leader, everyone that they look to. So, um, it was nice to get out, um, to Claire Lynch hall there, get to cover them on Saturday. Um, and there's another story I'm working on for this next week, um, about a runner from them who's, um, actually has lived in Saudi Arabia. She's over here. Um, Fiona Smith, she's her first ever college meet. She set a record in the 3000 by over 12 seconds, the school record. No big deal. Uh, no big deal at all. I agree. Yeah. Just brush it off. All good. She's had, you know, she's been in El, she's lived in El Salvador and Saudi Arabia where they don't really have the traditional, you know, track programs. Um, so she's had very interesting training over the years, all of that. And it has that ability and the drive to come in and she beat a couple all Americans that race too from Hamlin um, to set the school record. So um, really excited to, to get that story out to people this week too. So a lot of interesting stuff happening um, with the Benny so far. I know, I know for when you mentioned that Saudi Arabia story, you were kind of pitching the, the story in a sense to me. And I was like, yeah, I think that's a, yeah, that's, that's an interesting angle. Yeah. We'll, we'll take that one. Yeah. That's yeah, a, we'll go with that. It's nice. Yeah. One. And on top of it, she like broke the record by 12 seconds, you know, just no big deal as well. So, um, but no, definitely, definitely some fun stories in the college realm for, for Zach. And um, if you, like I said, if you want to check out any of our stories, I know a lot of our feature stories are tend to tend to be uh, subscriber only just because um, you know, that's, that's kind of how our system works in a sense. But uh, if you want to definitely would recommend getting a subscription because in the end, let's face it, you're probably going to use it um, just because, you know, we'll have feature stories every week. We'll have state tournament highlights in the next couple of weeks or in the next month or so. And ultimately, I mean, it's just, it's probably a good idea. You should just do it. I mean, why not? You know? So I think that's a compelling pitch. If you ask I, me. I think so. I mean, so yeah, we'll, we'll be having plenty of content for subscriber only. So um, if you do, it'll definitely be worth, worth your buck. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it, but definitely check out SC times and make sure to check out our, our Twitter, um, Twitter stuff. Also our Instagram, we have a lot of stuff going on Instagram Natalie and Zach and Dave have been doing a good job with keeping up on the Instagram page. So, um, but yeah, no, definitely a fun one to, to say the least. Yeah. So I'm excited to share that. So um, like Brian said, keep an eye out for that, but that'll wrap up kind of our preps and college um, recap of some basketball and a couple other news and notes there. So we're going to take one last break here. We come back on the other side, we will talk about some big individual performances in swimming um, wrestling and also skiing. So take a, or like we said, we'll take a break and we'll be back with that. And welcome back to the SC Times Sports Report podcast. Like we said, a couple of huge individual performances um, from a couple of people, especially swimming, Brian. I know there's been a couple of pool records, program records broken. You want to run through a couple of those? Yeah. Sartell just keeps doing what they do best, which is win. Um, 
and they got a win last night um, and then they against Wilmer. And then Thursday, they got a win against Brainerd. Um, Carter Larson on that Thursday night broke the 200 free record that was set back in 1998, um, which is a very impressive, um, which is a very impressive uh, record to be beat because it's been there for a long time. So kudos to him on that. Cause that's a, that's a really cool accomplishment. That's what 20, 23 years, 23 year record. Close. I was one at the time. So just about, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> been a long time. <laughs> um, yeah. And then on Friday tech beat uh, Melrose tech has a co-op with Recorian and cathedral. Um, Chris Morris, who has kind of been taking the world by storm, honestly, this year, um, he broke two more pool, pool records with the IM and the backstroke um, 100 back. Um, and then Karsten Reuter, Stephen, Stephen Davis, Tom Hoffman, and Chris Morris, they finished first and broke a pool record in the 100 freestyle relay with a time of 3.22.30. So um, some really good performances this week. Um, and I know I'll be going out to, um, I think it's Sock Rapids is hosting it. Um, against Tech um, on Thursday night. So it'll be fun to see those two teams compete. Um, I was able to see Apollo and Sartell face off earlier in the year. So it'll be kind of fun to see the other two teams um, compete here in a couple or tomorrow. So be kind of fun. Absolutely. And for skiing, um, some results from last Thursday, we had a couple local teams all facing off again. Um, on the girls' side, Sartell Cathedral came in first. And this time on the boys' side, Apollo Sock Rapids came in first after Sartell Cathedral um, just narrowly got them this time. This time it was only a four-point margin um, that they were able to come in first. So close race there again um, for individuals. Ren Scott Lumbar from Tech, she was first with thir- in a time of 13.03. And Violet Stiles, she came in second again at 13.59. On the guys' side, um, Jonathan Nemeth won uh, by over 40 seconds again. Um, with the time of 12-12, and then Sam Brewer and Ethan Logan both um, at 13 and 13-01 came in second and third. So um, some of the same names from the last time these teams faced off, um, but some pretty good uh, performances there. And with, you know, a lot few, fewer teams teams and individuals going to state for Nordic this year, um, it's even more, you know, important to kind of get those times, get everything figured out now because cutoff um, is a lot lower, right, this year? Do you remember how, by how much it is? Yeah, for, for Nordic, it's going to be 88 skiers um, and one team instead of two that qualify, um, which is about, a, about almost half. They're, they're cutting out 76 skiers. So, yeah, definitely going to be uh, biting the nails in a sense uh, to see if you get into the state meet. And then, Brian, there's a couple of wrestling performances too. Um, any that you thought particularly stood out? Yeah, um, Sock Rapids on Thursday night was able to beat up on uh, Fergus Falls, 62-12. to 12. Um, Vance Barraz had a really good match, pinned his opponent in eight seconds. Um, can't really get any better than that. Um, Alex Diedrich uh, also got a tech fall of 17 to nothing, and Cole um, Ackerman had a f- pin in about 32 seconds. So really good performance by them. Um, they also lost to uh, Wilmer um, earlier in the, in the night, um, Ricori also had a really good night on Thursday night. They beat Rockford 81 to nothing. Um, I think we found out that at like 84 is your highest that you can get. Um, 
So 81, not that bad, I guess. Uh, so kudos to them on that. Um, and then they also beat Monticello 55 to 16. Evan Motzko had two pins as well as Luke Hemish. Um, he also had two pins in both matches. Friday, Albany got a win against um, Spectrum 51 to 15. Lost to Becker, but Owen Carlson had two um, had a pin and a six to four decision, um, winning both matches. Um, that Friday night, also Tech, um, who's um, who is co-opted with Apollo and Cathedral, they beat up on Fergus Falls 62 to 16. They lost to Mamiji, but Tucker Hug um, had two wins, one with a pin and one with a nine to one major decision. And then just last night. Um, Albany faced off against Malacca. They got the 53 to 14 win. Um, Spencer Coleman, Cole Mulzoff, um, Tate Hoffarth, and Hunter Tate all had pins in that um, matchup. And then Sartell faced off against St. Francis and won 48 to four, or 48 to 21. They also lost to Dassel Cocado, um, who's co-opted with Litch, Litchfield. Um, and Spencer Johnson and Dutch Nordby um, each had pins in uh, both of their um, matchups. So um, some good performances. Um, the guillotine has ranked a handful of our, of, of the local wrestlers um, in their latest rankings from last week. So be kind of interesting to see what happens here because wrestling like, like anything is coming up very soon with section tournaments. Um, and so should be kind of fun to see how they do, but some really good performances by um both team and individual success this past week. Yeah. And I believe you were going to try to see, um, is it soccer rapids at Recorey on Friday wrestling? Yep. At five o'clock. So that'll be fun to go check out. I haven't seen soccer rapids wrestle yet this year. So be good to check them out and see how, uh, Alex Diedrich and Cole Ackerman are, are doing since, and Andrew Wallach, because all three of them are, I think ranked right now in, in the top tens for their respective classes. Awesome. Yeah. So I'll be, um, at basketball, Sartell Apollo basketball tomorrow night. And like Brian said, he'll be at swimming um, tomorrow night, wrestling Friday night. Um, and I believe um, the Storm and Sabres on Saturday. And I'll probably have some college coverage too over the weekend. So a um, lot coming up this week. Busy as always. We like it that way now. We had so long it wasn't that way. Um, it feels kind of good and normal to have it be that way again. So um, that'll about do it for the show today. As always, we're going to come back at you next Wednesday with the review of all those games. Um, kind of storylines, stories, um, and players to watch and everything that we kind of learn from these games. So once again, thank you for listening to the SC, SC Time Sports Report podcast. We'll see you again next time.